Welcome back to the Look and Sound of Leadership, an ongoing series of executive coaching tips designed to help you be perceived in the workplace the way you want to be perceived. I'm Tom Henschel, your executive coach, and today we're talking about positive opposites. Ellie felt like she'd been shot between the eyes. For six grueling weeks, she'd prepped a presentation she would make to the senior execs. She'd painstakingly built a deck of 42 slides. During the presentation, the execs began to challenge her at slide four. By slide six, they were clearly angry with her. At slide eight, they pulled her plug and kicked her out of the room. Later, her boss, one of the execs, had nothing but blame and accusation. You did all the things we asked you not to do, he told her. During the prep interviews, we made it clear we wanted strategies and recommendations, but your slides were nothing but tactics and details. The more we asked for high-level summarizing, the more you drove down into the details. And this isn't the first time this has happened, Ellie. After telling me this story, she sat silently for a long time. Then, in a very quiet voice, she said, He's talked to me about strategy versus tactics before, but I really thought I was giving them what they'd asked for. What's wrong with me? Am I stupid? Of course, Ellie is far from stupid. But her leap to all-or-nothing thinking, I'm either right or stupid, was completely natural. I see it all the time. For example, Seth, a barrel-chested operations VP, had gotten feedback for years that he steamrolled people. Early in our coaching, I asked him to help me understand his thinking. He explained himself this way. Look, my job is to get stuff done, so I do. I'd rather be a bully than a doormat. More all-or-nothing thinking. All-or-nothing thinking puts two extreme unrealistic ideas in opposition. It's the creation of a dichotomy. Personally, I love dichotomies. I use them in my coaching all the time. They make difficult situations manageable. But both Ellie and Seth had created dichotomies that had made the situations unmanageable. Their dichotomies were fool's choices. Ellie felt she either had to be right or stupid. Seth felt he could be a bully or a doormat. These negative opposites aren't helpful. But positive opposites can be. Here's how I repositioned it for Ellie. With both hands, I drew an imaginary line spreading out along the top of the conference table. I asked Ellie to imagine that at the far left end of the line was behavior called detail orientation. At the far right end was behavior called satellite view. In the middle was a divider separating the two sides. Which side of this dividing line do you think you live on? I asked her. She smiled and pointed to the left, detail orientation. And how far down the line do you think you live? Are you way far out at the end where it's most extreme? Oh, no, she said. I, I think I'm about halfway down. Okay. Now, which side of the line do you think your boss lives on? I asked. She pointed to the right side of the line, towards satellite view. And how far down that side do you think he is? I asked. She thought about it and said, Not that far, actually. He can be really detail-oriented. But these days, he's definitely on the strategic side more often. So the first thing to understand, I said, is that you two live on different sides of the line. It doesn't mean you're going to be in conflict with each other, but it does mean you experience situations from different points of view. She gave a little laugh and said, yeah, no kidding. I went on, if you can see that his feedback is coming from the other side of the line, it's easier to see why he was so frustrated with your presentation. You weren't talking from his side of the line, and that's where he wanted you to be. Oh, but I don't live there, she said with frustration. Am I ever going to succeed with him? There was her all-or-nothing thinking kicking in again. 
I said, of course you are. What it means, Ellie, is that your detail orientation is your natural strength. That's the side of the line you live on, and you probably always will. So you don't need to develop it anymore. Instead, develop skills that'll push you toward the midpoint of the line. It may feel uncomfortable because it's not where you naturally live, but that is clearly your development opportunity. For the next several months, Ellie and I did the hard work of moving her behavior toward the midline of this continuum. You can read about what that hard work looks like in a tip called How Behaviors Change. You can find it on our website. It will also be the next podcast in this series. Through our coaching work, Ellie began to see that even at her most strategic, she still had plenty of detailed behavior, she began to understand it wasn't all or nothing. She could blend both. Seth struggled with viewing himself as either bully or doormat. He and I reframed those negative opposites so they became results-oriented on one side and relationship-oriented on the other. As with Ellie, I assured him that his natural strengths, results-oriented behaviors, would always be there. He couldn't possibly turn them off. He didn't need to develop those. As we worked together, he began to see that becoming more proficient with relationships didn't exclude his excellence with results. It wasn't all or nothing. He could blend both. When you find yourself thinking, oh, they just don't get it, that's a strong indicator that you may be moving toward all or nothing thinking. Talk with someone about the situation and listen to the sort of opposites you use to describe what's happening. It's completely natural to begin with negatives like Ellie's and Seth's. But reframe those situations so that both labels on either end of the continuum are acceptable and positive. Here are six examples of positive opposites I've used with clients. Emotional on one side, contained on the other. Analytical on one side, empathic on the other. Accepting, questioning. Confident and humble. Fact-based, storyteller. All business, all the time. Warm and friendly. None of those labels are negative, and none are better than another. It would be okay to live on either side of those opposites. But I'll bet, as you heard them, that in each case you had a preference for one side over the other. The side you prefer is your more developed, more natural style. But you can be sure that many people around you prefer the other side. They're not wrong, just different. And they probably wish you were more like them, just as you may wish they were more like you. That less developed side of the line is your development opportunity. When you meet difficult situations, avoid the fool's choices. Create challenging, positive opposites. Of our more than 30 podcasts, several of them are about all-or-nothing thinking and the hard work of creating behavioral change. You can find all our podcasts on iTunes. Since this podcast was first broadcast, our website has had a makeover. To find our podcasts, just go to our website, EssentialCom.com. That's EssentialCom with two M's dot com. From our homepage, click the navigation button marked Coaching Tips. That will take you to a searchable archive of our podcasts and more than four years of executive coaching tips. Our podcasts are also available through iTunes. Just search for The Look and Sound of Leadership. Until next time, this is Tom Henschel. Thanks so much for listening.